Hi, friends. Welcome to the Capital City Christian Church Podcast. I'm Chris Taylor, and I'm glad you're listening in today. If this is your first time listening, I'd love to chat with you, so send me an email at hello at capitalcitychristian.org. We're in the middle of a message series called Necessary Sins. You may think that just sounds wrong, but we all have sins that we rationalize away. Sins we don't believe hurt anyone and are necessary in daily life. Have you ever heard a juicy rumor? Maybe you've even spread a few. This week's speaker is our Connections Minister, Vern Huber, and he's been hurt by gossip in the past, but also knows the tempting power of spreading a rumor himself. Let's dive right into this week's message about the necessary sin of gossip. I want you to know, first off, there's nothing wrong with the projection system uh, that is in black and white, okay? And also let you know that's how old I am, uh, because I enjoy Andy Griffith. And for those of you who didn't recognize that that black thing that they were talking into, uh, that's called a phone, okay? Uh, Just some of you younger folks may not understand all that. Uh, But I'll tell you what, it looks like that the ladies of Mayberry really understood what gossip was all about. You know, they got into that. That uh, when you understand it, I guess you understand it. So question, hey, do anybody out here know anybody who gossips? Oh, you don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> you know, here I am saying, oh, go ahead, raise your hand. Oh, uh, maybe you've been a person hurt by gossip. Maybe you know someone else that's been gossiped about. You know, folks, I hate gossip. I despise it. And we don't know why I do, because my wife Gail and I have been victims of gossip, just like many of you. We lived in a smaller town a few years back, and our situation was a little bit just like in Mayberry, where some private and personal information was shared, and each time it was repeated, it just got embellished. You know what? That information started with just this little phrase, I'm not supposed to be telling you this, But do you know? A couple of weeks later, after we didn't understand all this, but after a couple of weeks later, the gossip got out. I was at a men's meeting at our church. And right in front of the rest of the guys, not in a private place, I was confronted with this information. And the guy told me, he says, you know, this has come from other churches that we hear this about you and Gail. I'm going, you're kidding me, man. You believe that malarkey? And sadly enough, some of those good-hearted folks in that little community believed that malarkey. People we had known for several years, we would see them out in public, they would either turn and walk the other way or wouldn't even speak to us. Folks, I saw the heartache and the pain that it caused Gail. I was hurt deeply, my own self, by this gossip. I actually stepped away from ministry for a few years. Gossip hurts. It hurts the teller. It hurts the listener. It hurts the person being gossiped about. Gossip is a lose, lose, lose situation. Again, I asked, do you know someone who is a gossip? Have you been that person gossiped about? Maybe even right now, you have a juicy story that you're just dying to tell somebody. But folks, in our culture, gossip is acceptable behavior. One of those necessary sins. A couple of weeks ago, you know, Doc began that series that's entitled Necessary Sins. 
He started that series on lying. And then the second week he dealt on anger. And Doc chose those two topics for himself because he's good at both. <laughs> and then I volunteered to do gossip because I'm good at that. Now I hope you understand that humor, right? Okay. But folks, even though our culture may think these necessary sins are acceptable, in God's culture, gossip is an unacceptable sin. And as Jesus followers, we are not to conform to the culture of this world. Take a look with me at Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without thinking. Man, I fit into it without even thinking? But he says, instead, fix your attention on God. You see what happens, folks? When we think the way the culture thinks, we become so used to lying. We become so used to anger issues that we justify them. We become so used to gossiping and listening to gossip that it's become normal behavior for Jesus followers. Pay close attention to what Paul said here, folks. When we, Jesus followers, become so well adjusted to our culture, you know what happens? Our hearts become callous to those sins, and we are no longer convinced that they're detestable before God. Now, that being said, do you remember this little chant? And again, I'm dating myself here. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never harm me. You heard that? Okay. I got a technical term for that. My term is a little more technical than Doc's. Mine is baloney. Okay, the tragedy is that we have grown up behaving like such a statement is true. We tell ourselves that gossip is okay because words can't harm me. And again, I say baloney. Now, some people may say, you know what, folks, it's only words. What's the matter with you? Suck it up, buttercup. Get over it. Shake it off. Move on, you big dummy. That's what people think. But scars from sticks and stones will eventually heal. But folks, I'm here to tell you, scars from hurtful words can take an entire lifetime to overcome. And in some cases, will plague a person forever. Do you remember a time when someone said some hateful words to you? You know what, Doc posed that question to me and I said, Doc, I can remember clear back to my childhood of things that was said to me. Harsh things that was said to me as a kid. And for me, that's been a long time ago. But before I de delve any deeper into this topic of gossip, I want to turn back to a passage of scripture that we've been using for the last two weeks. It's Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24. Like I said, each week during this series, we've had this read and some have even prayed this prayer in their own heart. So if we seriously, folks, if we seriously don't want to become well-adjusted to our culture, you know what? You pray this passage and God will show you and me where I need to change. So I'm going to ask if you would please to stand with me. We're going to read this aloud. And if you would like, you can make this your prayer this morning. Read along with me if you would please. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. 
and lead me in the way of everlasting. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Now, let's make sure that we're all on the same page and we start talking about gossip. Now, I could give you some kind of clinical definition, but I, I don't want to give you something that may not be all that understandable or maybe not even all that correct. So, for the definition of gossip, I turn to mom. That's the place to go, isn't it? You want to find out something? You go to mom. Here's what one mom said about gossip. You can share something true and it still be gossip because there are true things, private things that should not be shared. But most gossip is usually never fully true. And it is only one side of the story. Remember, there are always two sides to every story. That's kind of lengthy, but you know what? It does sound like mom, a good mom definition. I want to move on back to a fellow by the name of King Solomon, the wisest man ever. He confirms how deep people are hurt from gossip. He writes in Proverbs 18.8 and again in Proverbs 26.22, twice he pins down these very words. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down into the inmost parts. Now you read that from the NIV, that sounds like, hey man, gossip's a good thing. You know, it's like a big old juicy steak. Man, can you smell the charcoal? Oh my, ooh, mm. and, you, and, you, and you cut across that dude, you know, and there's just that little bit of pink. It's like, oh my gosh, and the juice is running out of that. That's just awesome. And then you put that in your mouth and that flavor and that texture is in there. <sighs> I know, shut up, move on. Okay, you're getting hungry, all right. But if you look at it from the King James Version, here's what he's talking about. He's talking about like acid reflux, man. That burning sensation you get that comes up to your throat, the bad taste that's left in your mouth and the upset stomach that you have from all of that. And he says this, the words of a tailbearer are the wounds and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Look at that verse again, folks. The words of a gossip are wounds. You get the picture? Your words of gossip, my words of gossip, penetrates to the heart and mind and soul of the listening person. Matter of fact, it's even putting a wound in them and wounding their opinion of an innocent third party. But sadly, in our culture, with so much technology, we don't even need a warm body to listen to gossip. We can post it on many social platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, just to name a few. Folks, we can go out there and degrade somebody, tear down their character, and not have to worry about instant replies. We don't have to be confronted. We can turn them off. Gossip hurts. And according to the Pew Research Center, 32% of our teens have had gossip spread about them on social media. Cyberbullying is so bad, teens will go so far as to even change schools to get away from bullying and try to get away from cyberbullying. Parents, listen to me. Listen. Bully victims are about two to nine times more likely to consider suicide than non-victims. 
pay close attention to this research. 10 to 14 year old girls may be even a higher risk for suicide from bullying and gospel and gossip, excuse me. 160,000 kids a day stay home from school. Why? Because they're tired of bullying and gossip. Where did our youth learn that, folks? Well, now some of it's innate sin, sure, understand all that, but you know where they learned it? From me, from you, from their parents. They listened to grandpa, they listened to grandma, they listened to dad, they listened to mom, they listened to Aunt Susie, Uncle Fred, they listened to everybody. You get the picture? Folks, this epidemic is not only amongst our kids. Pew Research also found that 40% of adults have been victims of online social media abuse. <laughs> Folks, to me, that's not a statistic adults can afford to take lightly. Just think of the example that we're setting for our youth. Bullying gossip hurts no matter what age, no matter what the avenue is conveyed. Gossip left unchecked can affect you mentally, it can affect you emotionally, physically, and for a very long time, folks. And I'm not, and it's not only you, but it's your family. How do I, folks, I come back to me. I've felt it. I have felt the pain of gossip. And I know many of you have too. Folks, just let me be honest with you. We love juicy gossip. Come on, get honest with yourself. We all love it. How do I know this? Huh. Next time you check out at Walmart or Kroger or some checkout lane, look at the newsstands beside you. What's there? National Enquirer, People Magazine, U.S. Weekly, OK. That's just to name a few. So why do we enjoy gossip so much? So why do Jesus followers enjoy this juicy story, this juicy gossip, just as much maybe as a non-believer? Well, I asked a few people what they thought about gossip. And here's what I found out. One said this, I guess when I gossip, it makes me feel like I'm more important. <laughs> That's sick. I'm sorry. Oh, another one said this, I've got the power in the situation of, and all of a sudden I feel superior. <laughs> That's twisted. And another one said, when I'm hearing gossip, it makes me feel better about myself. I mean, you know, when someone else looks bad, it makes me feel good about me. Are you kidding me? Gossip makes you feel better? Listen, folks, listen. If you've gossiped or if you've passed it along, I'm not here trying to make you feel bad. I'm not here trying to single you out. Because at one time or another, folks, all of us have gossiped. I'll, let me say again, our culture may say it's okay. But for us to gossip with one another as a Jesus follower, that's not part of God's, God's culture. That's not acceptable behavior. Because in God's culture, it's unacceptable. God hates gossip. You want to know why God hates gossip? It hurts his children. 
Who are his children? You and me, those who've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, God's children. So when his children are hurt, I believe he's hurt, just like I am. When I see somebody hurt my child, I'm hurt, I'm angry. You can mess with me all you want to, you just don't mess with my family. So many of us have said that. Because we all hurt about our grandkids and our spouse. Jesus followers are called folks to a much higher standard than what our culture says that we are called to. As Jesus followers folks, by us being called to that higher standard, if we listen, if we, excuse me, if we should live in a way that is pleasing in the eyes of Jesus Christ, our culture has twisted so much good stuff into bad that it's pathetic. Again, let me give you some stats. This is not just me. This, is, this stuff has been studied out. Researchers at the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma found if two people share negative feelings about a third rather than something positive, if they share something negative about a third person, those two people will be drawn closer together. To me, that's twisted information. That's sick. Now, many of you may know I'm the connections pastor here at, at Cap City, and I also work with our, our, our seniors group, uh, which is now called Oasis, okay? Uh, that's uh, what you'll see around here as well. But I guess I got this figured out all wrong after reading this research, because if I really want you guys to connect with one, or I need to encourage you then to go talk negatively about somebody else then that way you'll become closer together. Now, can you imagine what our body of believers would be like if this is the thing that we would, uh, would aspire to? That I would encourage you to go talk negatively to another person about somebody else? We'd be a mess. And God doesn't want a mess here. He doesn't want us to follow our culture. He wants us to follow his culture. So then how do we overcome this sin of gossip? How do we overcome that? Well, let's turn to a good instruction manual that we call the Bible. Inside this instruction manual, we're going to find good instructions for us. The Apostle Paul writes in this instruction manual. The Apostle Paul is, well, he's this dude who used to be known as Saul. He was a high-ranking Jewish leader that persecuted the church. He would go from one town to the next, hunting down those who were Jesus followers, placing some of them in prison and even having some of them killed. Now, I don't know if Paul read Psalms 139 before he left to go to Damascus or not, but God, on his way there, showed him his offenses. And after he understood his life was changed. Paul became a Jesus follower. Now, can you imagine the amount of gossip that Paul dealt with from the Jewish community? And not just from the Jewish community, but also from the Christian community as well? The Jews would verbally rip him apart because of him accepting the way. That he's left our flock. We need to expedite him, get rid of him. Now, can you imagine what the Christians were saying? 
Well, you can't trust Paul. He's just faking it to deceive us. But Paul and his effort to help the early church and us to understand how to overcome gossip, he writes in Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Did you catch that part about the benefit those who listen? Here again is one of those imperatives that Doc pointed out last week, that you do not. It's just the opposite of the Nike phrase, just do it, okay? No, Paul says, don't do it. Matter of fact, it's a little phrase and snippet that we've used before, what part of no don't you understand? So then it's okay for me to think it then. Well, if I don't say it, then I can think it, right? No, 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 no. So, no, no. So you're looking for a loophole is what you're doing. Check this out. If you think an unwholesome thought about someone long enough, you're going to convince yourself that it's true. So the best thing to do with this unwholesome thought that you get, don't try to think, well, I can think it. No, 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 no. You need to go ahead and kick it out of your head. Why? Because I want to be pleasing before God. I do not want to follow out of the pattern of this culture that I live in. So when we begin a conversation or a thought about someone, we need to ask ourselves three little questions. First one is this, is my conversation helpful or is it hurtful? There were two girls that got onto a bus and they started talking to each other and one of them said to the other, oh, did you hear about Sarah? She got engaged yesterday. Isn't that amazing? The other girl said, yeah, that is really amazing. She's sloppy and unorganized. How's she going to run a household? She's never on time. She can't cook. Have you ever ate her food? Man, it's terrible. Her new husband's going to starve to death. She spends money like it's going out of style. How in the world is she ever going to run a household? So it went on and on and on and behind these two girls with a lady who suddenly spoke up and she said, I'm sorry to interrupt you girls, but I wanted to introduce myself. My son just got engaged, engaged to Sarah. Now that I know this information, I will tell my son everything that you've said about Sarah and he must break off the engagement immediately. I'm gonna also tell all my friends how grateful I am to you that you shared all this information to me, letting me know what she's really like. Well, the girl, can you imagine their shock? You know, they started to, to stutter and struggle to find the right words to say. And they said, no, 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 no. You know, uh, please don't do that. Don't, don't tell your son to break off the engagement. Sarah's a wonderful girl. She'll make a great mother. You know, she, she really will. Uh, she is so warm and friendly and caring. And, you know, ma'am, we were just talking and, you know, we never meant to harm. And uh, please don't break the engagement. They pleaded with this woman. And however, the woman was very adamant. She said, thank you. But based on what you said, I will make every effort to break it up as soon as possible. The girl you described sounds like a very terrible person. And I do not want my son married to a person like that. Well, the girls were horrified and they were crushed. After a short silence, the lady turned back to them and she said, girls, I'm not the boy's mother, but imagine if I was, do you know the damage you caused? You almost destroyed a potential family just because you had nothing else 
to talk about. Words either build or destroy. Use them wisely, the woman said sternly. And with that, she got off the bus. Is what I'm about to say helpful or is it hurtful? Or do we disguise our gossip with what Greg Crochell calls a compliment sandwich? This is where you say something good about somebody, then you gossip about them, and then you end it with something nice. That's a gossip sandwich, or excuse me, a compliment sandwich. So you'll understand, I wanna give you an example. Let's just say someone came up to me and said, hey Vern, what do you think about the elders bringing on James Driver as the, uh, the growth pastor here? Oh man, that's great, great decision. He's really a great guy. You know, uh, James is a good teacher. You know, he thinks he's athletic. You know, he's part of the softball team here at Cap City. You know, he's a tax auditor uh, for the IRS, uh, but he's really not all that trustworthy. Uh, he's late for most events. He talks too much in staff meeting, but he's really a great guy and asset to the church. You do realize that's humor, right? Okay. So is what I'm about to say helpful or is it hurtful? Even if I add something nice at the end doesn't change it, you know, like, well, bless their heart. Now that isn't gonna work either. Now let's go a whole nother, there's a good word for you, another. Let's go a whole nother level. Sometimes Jesus followers, do you know where the best place is to pick up on some gossip? At a prayer group. Yeah, we disguise it that way sometimes. You know, when you're asked for prayer requests and this lady pops up or this person pops up and says, oh yes, we need to pray for Linda. She's been staying out late with her boyfriend. You know, I drove by her house last night and her car was parked there at seven o'clock. I went by at 10 and it was still parked there. And when I got up this morning to go to work, I drove by his house again and did you know what? Her car is still sitting there. I just think she's shacking up with him and we need to be praying for her that God would convict her of the error of her ways. Now folks, we know what was said about Linda was true. Her car was seen parked at her boyfriend's house at all hours of the day and the night. So this truth becomes fair game for us to talk about then, right? Wrong. Scripture doesn't say if it's true, it's okay to share the information. It says only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. You see, the truth of the matter is Linda's car broke down and it was towed to her boyfriend's house so he could work on it for her. You know what's sad? I know of a lady that said, I'll never attend another prayer group because of the gossip that was shared there. Isn't that awful? Folks, everything you say must be true, but everything that's true does not need to be said. Look at it again. Think about this. Everything you say must be true, but everything that's true doesn't need to be said. Is my conversation helpful or is it hurtful?
The next question we need to ask ourselves about our conversation is this. Am I making private matters public? Folks, as a pastor, I have a wealth of private information told to me about people, about their marriage problems, about their affairs, about people who have turned their back on God, the heartache of death, the heartache of a divorce, the anguish and doubt of battling uh, an injury or a disease, uh, battling with families and, and where families are tore apart. Folks, those, that kind of information, I cannot share. Because when I meet with those folks, I tell them there's three individuals that don't know what's going on that the content of this conversation. One of them is me, the other one is you, and the third one is God. And why do I do that? Because folks, I do not want to break a promise. I don't want to damage a friendship. I don't want to be classified as a gossip. I don't want to be classified as not being trustworthy. You remember Solomon, the wisest man? Proverbs 25, beginning in the latter part of verse 9 and on into verse 10, he says, Don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip, and you will never regain your good reputation. When someone comes to you with a private matter, it needs to stay private. There are three preachers that went out fishing one day. They do this about once a month. As they went out, there was a Methodist minister, a Baptist minister, and a Pentecostal minister went out. And they got to fishing. Things were a little slow. And they sat there maybe for about an hour and never caught anything. One of them said, the other said, hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we just share the deepest, darkest secrets in our lives with one another. There's nobody else out here. There's just the three of us and God. And we can pray for one another over this. Well, they kind of hem-hawed around and finally the uh, Methodist minister said, yeah, okay, so I'll go first. He says, you guys may not believe this, but it's like every Friday night I go over in the next town to the local bar over there and I get plastered every Friday night. Well, both of those guys were, that were sitting in the boat with him were very surprised. And the Pentecostal guy said, wait a minute. He said, I'll go ahead and share mine. He says, I know you guys won't believe this, but he says, I'm in an affair with another woman. And so that really set the other two guys back of what was going on there. Well, the Methodist and the Pentecostal preacher looked over to Baptist and he said, hey, you know, you need to share with us what your deepest dark secrets is. We gave you ours. He says, okay, all right, all right. And he waited and they waited. And about 30 minutes, he said, okay, all right, all right. By coaxing, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. He says, this is very hard for me to tell you guys this. He says, my deepest, darkest sin in my life is gossip. And I can't wait to get back home to tell these other people. Folks, you know, what is told to us in private needs to stay private. Next, we need to ask ourselves this, am I permitting gossip? Am I permitting others to gossip? Again, let's look at what Solomon says on this matter in Proverbs 17. He says, wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Did you catch that part? Wrongdoers eagerly listen. Now, sadly enough, gossipers will uh, easily find somebody else to listen to them. 
to take over that little morsel of fake news. A person who listens to a gossip is a facilitator of sin. They even take part in that sin. In a study by the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, you know what they found out? That it took the truth about six times longer than falsehood to reach 1,500 people. Negativity travels faster than anything that's positive. As Jesus followers, we should not listen to gossip. Why? Because when you permit, you promote. If you are listening to gossip, then you are promoting gossip. If you are listening to gossip, you are participating in gossip. So if someone comes to you and says, hey, I've got to, just to tell you this, or have you heard this about so-and-so, or the coup de grace to me of the intros to a gossip is this, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but... When you hear opening statements like these, you should, you have to make a choice. Either you're going to listen or you're going to shut it down. And I know it's going to be hard to shut it down. I know it's going to be difficult not wanting, not want to listen to that. I encourage you to walk away from that. Just shut down the conversation. You remember I told you earlier, my wife and I were victims of gossip. There's one little part that I left out. The seed of gossip was planted by a family member. They took what was private and twisted it and made it into a lie. Who would think it that a family member would share personal and private information? There was a lot of hurt, healing, and damaged emotions that we had to deal with. And gossip can and will leave scars which are very hard to heal. Let me share with you one more time, but I want to give you my definition of gossip. Gossip is information shared, whether true or false, that will damage a person's emotions, self-worth, character, integrity, and it demeans a child of God. If you are caught up in gossip and looking for help, I want to share with you there is some great news. You can get help. First off, what you're going to need to do is admit it. Admit it and confess it to Jesus. Ask for forgiveness of your gossip. And then go to the person you gossiped about and ask for their permission. Or excuse me, their, their forgiveness. I want to turn back to that instruction manual, 1 John 1, 9, where he says, but if I confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What do you think? Hmm? You need to do that, folks. So what if you've been hurt by gossip? First, you don't need to try to get even. Romans chapter 12 tells us never pay back evil with, with more evil. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Now, Gail and I did not retaliate against those who gossiped about us. Well, did I want to knock some of them in the head? You better believe I did. But what we did, we got together and we prayed for them. And through the love of God, through his forgiveness, through his grace, through a God-honoring church like here, we found healing. You too can experience God's healing. Whether you've sinned against someone else by gossiping or whether you've been hurt, you can still receive forgiveness, peace, hope, and healing. If you want to learn more about that, please during communion time or afterwards, come talk to me. Doc will be down close to the front. 
come talk to him as well. We want to share with you how you can do away with this hurt in your heart. And just in a little bit, uh, Chuck's going to ask you to move forward to the, to the communion tables here, to our worship stations. First thing I want to talk about is the, the offering boxes. The black ones are there for those of us that call this place home. You can place in the, your offering there as an act of worship. There's also a white bucket label there that's, uh, that's our generous bucket. We just want to, if you got a couple extra bucks, you want to throw it in there and we can love on our, our neighbors here in the community, please do so. But what most of all is what's on each side of the table, that cup and that loaf. Jesus says, you do this in remembrance of me that I died for your sin. You can find that healing. You can find that forgiveness in him. Please, let's stand together, let's worship him, and then we'll come later and share in that communion.